Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 632 of the Juicebox Podcast. Welcome back for the fifth installment of the Defining Thyroid series. Today, Jenny Smith and I are going to discuss autoimmune disease. So far in the Defining Thyroid series, we've tackled hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That's in episode 616. In episode 619, we define pituitary and thyroid glands. In episode 624, we defined TSH testing. And in episode 628, we define T4 and T3. Again, today we're going to talk about autoimmune and how it impacts your life with thyroid disease. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 and are a U.S. resident, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash and take the survey. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash, the Omnipod Promise, and the upcoming Omnipod 5. Learn more about that Omnipod Dash and see if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Welcome back, Jenny. Hi, how are you today? Oh, you know how I am. <laughs> You're always full of energy. So oh, oh sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I could never tell what happened in the night before. Because <laughs> we always talk in the morning too, right? So <laughs> we always do. So I uh I overslept and was awoken luckily by a text from my neighbor wondering if our power was out. It is not, by the way, obviously. And uh then I looked at the clock and realized that it was four minutes before you were gonna call. <laughs> and it's time to get up and get going so i'm just gonna leave it at that and tell you that i may or may not be wearing pants so (laughs) (laughs) today we're going to (laughs) the good that's a good thing about you know stuff like this where you could have fuzzy slippers i look perfect and this these headphones are holding my hair down so we're all good nobody cares (laughs) all right so we're gonna we're gonna define i mean you know, it goes along with the thyroid terms, but autoimmune disease. I have it here as a disease caused by a defect in the body's immune system. Instead of protecting the body, it attacks and destroys a healthy part of the body. Having an autoimmune disease is considered a risk factor for hypothyroidism. Correct. Okay. Um, Hypothyroidism, of course, is defined in another episode, but a condition in which the body's immune system mistakes its own healthy tissue as foreign and attacks them most autoimmune disease cause inflammation that can affect many parts of the body. Inflammation is the real bandit in all this, isn't it? For most of the autoimmune diseases, it really is, yes. Um, I mean, if you look at just the simple ones that are very inflammatory kinds of conditions, it's rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and even, you know, like, 
the fibromyalgia and all of those types of things, the inflammatory bowel diseases. I mean, it all relates to inflammation. Yeah. I'm going to, um, you know, well, I guess the first let's tackle this here. Right. So I'll tell you that I think Arden has type one diabetes because obviously she was born with or developed markers for it the first two years of her life. Um, antibodies. And then she got sick. So for Arden in my, you know, listen, I don't have a crystal ball. I think Arden got Coxsackie virus. Mm-hmm. She got Coxsackie virus. It was this thing that our pediatrician was like, Oh, kids get this. Don't worry. It clears out. This is how long it takes a protracted amount of time passed, which I don't remember how long anymore because I was not a person who tracked illness back then. And, right. um, and then suddenly Arden had Coxsackie virus again. Mm. So I took her to the doctor and I remember him saying, this is weird. I was going to say that's, that is weird. You're not supposed to get this more than once. It's like chicken pox. I remember him saying you get it and then you don't get it again. And when I look back now, I wonder if it ever really went away the first time. Like maybe she got it and her body just was like. It sort of hibernated for a bit. Yeah, and ran her body ran right past the Coxsackie virus right into her pancreas is what I'm that's what I'm thinking. Um, and and so that was kind of how it started. And, you know, uh, people who pay attention, you, you talk to them, they have any number of stories about an illness they had before they were diagnosed with type one or um, sometimes a ton right. of stress, stuff like that. Um, anyway, you know, in the in the course of looking into this. If you Google autoimmune disease, what is it? You'll get, here's the top five, here's the top seven, here's the top 10. You, you know, there are so many lists of things that people, like you you blew through a couple. One that's more common than than you think once you get involved with people with, with type one. Like I see vitiligo on a lot of people. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Celiac almost feels like sometimes it goes hand in hand with people with type one. Which one do you think you so you see most frequently? I would say, quite honestly, thyroid and celiac are the primary that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I would say that the majority of kiddos that I work with, or you know, families that I work with, the celiac has already been up, like tested at diagnosis. At this point, um, I'm quite certain that when I was diagnosed, and I I would probably guess that when Arden was diagnosed. She probably wasn't tested for celiac, was she at the same time? Not that far back, no. Yeah, um, but those are pretty common. And then it's like a retest because many markers can actually be higher at a diagnosis where everything is out of order, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got this high blood sugar level. Your body has been kind of attacked, so to speak, and is trying to do okay. Um, so in terms of celiac, oftentimes, even if there is a positive result originally, those may, um, may or may not come back down into what they consider normal and, or they may also do like the biopsy, which is considered the most diagnostic in terms of true positive celiac condition. Um, but thyroid is the other one. Definitely. I mean, those three, very much go hand in hand. I would say, you know, along with it, but I don't, I don't see it as frequently as RA or rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, I, it, I think a lot of times too, with rheumatoid arthritis, it takes, it takes really digging into the symptoms that you've been having and finding the right doctor mm-hmm. to analyze things and help you figure out what it is, you know, that could be causing some of those like more telltale signs for RA, um, because it could certainly be something else too. Yeah. Well, you know, I I go back and forth on the show hinting around that Arden has other issues, but I don't talk about them because we haven't figured them out yet. You know, it's years and years of, you know, looking and watching and writing things down and talking to doctors and then say, oh, you know what, this all sounds like her thyroid. And then we, I mean, Arden's thyroid's now managed to within an inch of its life and it didn't help her for some of the other problems. Right. Um, And we just did find a doctor very recently um, actually as, um, I, I had gone to her, um, so Arden has an endo that manages her thyroid, the woman who's on the thyroid episode, uh, Dr. Benito. And then Dr. Benito suggested another, uh, another doctor, which we saw recently, actually Arden's getting blood work today to check into the things that, that this doctor is, is wondering about. And, it's just important to know that we had gone to the children's hospital with these concerns. They do a, a fairly, um, I don't know what I want to call it. Uh, you know, gosh, it, it was, a. am trying to like a very in-depth panel. Well, you would think it would have been in depth, but instead it was like, it was blood work and she, they saw her for 20 minutes and they're like, ah, she doesn't have that. And that was the, end. Oh, in, yeah, that was the doctor. That was not this new yeah, doctor. This new doctor talked. We were in there for, I, I, I think I told Jenny privately almost three hours, two, two, mm-hmm. two and a half, three hours in a doctor's appointment where she was just talking to her and, and, pulling things out that a regular doctor would not. And you kind of have to do that because these things so clearly mimic each other all the time. And, mm-hmm. to, in, and in my heart, it's about the, it's about the inflammation. Yes. You, you know, like this, this, the autoimmune diseases and inflammation give you a lot of feedback in your body. That's similar, you know, joint pain could be any number of autoimmune diseases yes. uh, as an example. So, I just wanted to bring it up here because I think we've got people's attention on the thyroid thing. I'm getting a ton of um, nice feedback online saying thank you for involving thyroid in the in the podcast. Um, we'll definitely do this again. I mean, I imagine we're going to end up doing this with celiac um, in the future and giving mm-hmm. giving a little uh, deeper look into that. But you know, I'm looking at a list here: pernicious anemia, alopecia vitiligo, type 1, Graves' disease, celiac, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's. These are what this one place calls the top 10. Uh, MS. I mean, yeah. you know, um, I know there are there is a bigger list than I think the last time that I looked. So I think things have either been added or they've been clarified a little bit better, which is a good thing. Um, because sometimes you feel a little bit lost in terms of well, what's wrong with my body that this is happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's the unknown thing about autoimmune disorder is that it really isn't, the trigger isn't really known. Why does one person's body react so well and not have any problems to whatever this trigger is that then for somebody else completely gets this ball rolling Mm -hmm. of inflammation and immune attack that's a completely incorrect immune attack on healthy cells that are supposed to be doing what they're 
you know, meant to do. Well, what I Googled just now, I never would have if I didn't make this podcast. Um, but because of the After Dark episodes, I've now been in contact with three, and I have one more on the books, people with type 1 diabetes who want to come on and talk about their bipolar disorder. And ah. I never would have thought of that, but, you know, a quick Google search, bipolar disorder, autoimmune, just those three words. Bipolar disorder is strongly associated with immune dysfunction. You know, huh. it goes on after that to say replicated epidemiology, oh, epidemiological studies have demonstrated that uh, bipolar has high rates of inflammatory medical comorbidities, including autoimmune disorders, chronic infections, cardiovascular disease, and metabolic disorder. So, well, and then getting bipolar diagnosed the right way. Again, another whole topic because yeah. oh, there's bipolar one, there's bipolar two, there's from the little that I know about, um, it's... It's another world of management. Yeah, people can get people can get medic medicated completely wrong, and wrong. They, get, they get close to okay, and then the doctors accept that as we want the best we can do. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen um, a couple of older adults that have been working with you know their bipolar disease for years, almost stand up one day and go, "I don't think this is right," and then start over with another doctor, and they completely change their medications around and changes their life. So, yeah, yeah, these are just things that I mean, listen, Which I, I think I mean, as a as a to interrupt, it's kind of a hallmark of a lot of these autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. It's the reason that it's not a cut and dry, open up the textbook, here's your medicine, take it and everything's going to be great. Autoimmune disorders, they really require individualized management. Yeah. What works for one person may not be the quote unquote cocktail that works for the next person. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was sick a few years ago and I had a problem with iron, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, anemia is on this list too. And um, when I was tested, they told me I was celiac um, sensitive, not, they didn't call me, they didn't say I had celiac disease. They said, I'm sensitive. So you were gluten sensitive. I'm a little little sensitive to some glutens, right? And, um, you know, I mean, listen, we've known each other a long time. You see me, I'm not a thin or lean person and I'm not an obese person, but I don't, let's see how this sounds. My, (laughs) My lifestyle doesn't reflect my body. Meaning I don't, I don't eat, a ton of food and my body holds on to weight. And I do wonder sometimes too, if that's even, you know, some sort of uh, inflammation somewhere, or maybe, I don't know, like I have no idea, but um, it, it, you know, it, it, it makes me wonder as I get older. So, you know, if it's all just bad luck or, or what? Well, I, I don't think so. I think it also speaks somewhat to, I guess what's been hinted at in terms of inflammation, Right a good portion of our immune system lies in our gut. Yeah. Our gut, not like some fancy little gland somewhere like in our digestive system. Mm -hmm. If we keep our digestive system healthy, that goes a huge way in keeping us immune to our body reacting the incorrect way to something. Right. Um, And a lot of study has been done, especially in autoimmune disorder type one and celiac very specifically in terms of like, and the, the term has been thrown around so much. I hate using it, but like this leaky gut type of potential for somebody who has that 
type of body that may have the potential to let something sneak through, mm-hmm. right? The digestive system, which then causes the, this reaction in the body um, that allows the body to then go the wrong way with how it responds to that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping, I'm going to, I should, I'm hoping that this, I'm hoping the rheumatologist that aren't seeing now um, is going to work out. And this is as hopeful as I've ever been after visiting somebody for Arden, right? Um, because I'm going to get that person on this podcast too. If this all works out, I'm going to get her because here's how they started with Arden's treatment. It wasn't, you know, I mean, there's a blood panel, like, you know, three prescriptions long, like, don't get me wrong, right. you know, they're, they're that route. But she looked at Arden and she's like, honey, you're a very healthy person. We're going to figure out what's wrong here. And what they started her on was um, a, a quality multivitamin, um, fish oil, you know, bumping up her vitamin D significantly by giving her oral drops to hold in her mouth instead of tablets to take, and a couple of probiotics. And not like, you know, not like go to the pharmacy and get us a chewable probiotic. Like this stuff smells a little like poo when it comes out of the container. You know what I mean? And, and it's know, refrigerated, I bet. Oh, it's it's something else is what it is. <laughs> and, and so, and and she's like, for a month, take this cocktail. And then we'll do your blood work in the meantime, and we'll come back and talk again. Um, right. She's like, but she's like, what makes sense to me is that your gut is unbalanced. And now we were, we had, um, we were onto that already. So I've been, I've been taking my diabetes brain and appointing at Arden for other reasons for a while. And I'm not a doctor, so it goes a little slow, but we had just gotten Arden about two months ago, um, a study of her gut which by the uh-huh. way comes from pooping in a box. Yes. Oh, and not, sending it away in the mail. Not super yes. easy to get a 17 year old girl to do, but we no. did it. My wife did it. I actually want to give her all the credit. <laughs> anyway, at some point I'm going to figure this out and then we're going to add it into this podcast. So um, for, cool. for today, I appreciate you helping me define autoimmune disease. Of course. If you're tired of injecting your insulin with a pen or a syringe, or you have a pump, with all kinds of crazy tubing attached to it that you really don't like, this next bit is for you. The Omnipod tubeless insulin pump does not have any tubing. That's why they call it tubeless. I know what you're thinking. That's not possible, Scott, but it is. Omnipod doesn't have tubing. Other insulin pumps have a controller with a cartridge connected to tubing that kind of, you know, goes all over the place to an infusion set. And then that's how you get your insulin through that long tube. But with Omnipod, there is no tubing, no tubing to get caught on door handles and nothing to disconnect when you're bathing or swimming because the Omnipod is, uh, you know, it's happy in the water. You can go in the bathtub in the shower, in the local lake. You can go wherever you want wearing your Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. That's pretty important because then you don't lose your insulin during those times. How many of you have disconnected for a shower only to forget to reconnect to your tubed insulin pump? When do you find out? An hour or two later when your blood sugar's sky high because you haven't had any insulin for a while. Why? Because you had to disconnect for a shower? That shouldn't be the way. And with Omnipod, it isn't. Now, if this all sounds magical or different to you and you're not sure what to do, I understand that. 
but you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Now go to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out. If you're eligible, Omnipod will send you a free 30-day supply. You can check it out and see what you think. And even if you decide to stick with what you're doing after the trial, you still got a free 30 days. How often do you get a free month of anything? So the Omnipod Dash is tubeless. It's waterproof. You can shower with it or, you know, swim in the pool, right? The pool, the pool. Are you thinking about summer? That just made me think about summer. It's not here yet, kids. Just live through this cold a little longer. Anyway, uh, swim in the pool. Don't get your tubing caught anything. Don't have any tubing to be snaking through your clothing. It's all pretty great. And no multiple daily injections. With the Omnipod, you just pull out the PDM. That's the personal diabetes manager. It's a little handheld device. Kind of looks like a cell phone. And you uh, you just you say, I'm going to have 12 carbs. You tell the little thing, 12 carbs, and says, I think you should have this much insulin. You know, based on your settings. And you go, okay, push a button. And boom, boom, here comes the insulin. No injections. Gotta love it. Now, you might be thinking, all right, Scott. I want an Omnipod, but I've been hearing about this Omnipod 5, and I'm just going to wait for that. Mm, I would say in a normal circumstance, I understand. But with the Omnipod promise, you don't have to do that. Here's what the Omnipod promise says. You get the Omnipod Dash today, and you start using it, and you love it. And then, I don't know, a month from now, two months from now, whenever, Omnipod 5 is available for you and covered by your insurance. You just move up to the Omnipod 5. That's the Omnipod promise. The Omnipod promise says you can go to new technology that Omnipod has when it's available to you and covered by your insurance. That's it. You want to change, you can change. That's a pretty good promise. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You might as well go pick around on the website and figure it out a little bit. See if you're up for it. Check to see if you know you're eligible for that free trial and get started today omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com to Omnipod and all of the sponsors. If you're wondering what signs and symptoms to look for, in hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease, and Hashimoto's. I'm going to list them all for you right now. If you already know what they are, well then, thanks so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. But if you're waiting for the signs and symptoms, they're going to happen like right now. Symptoms of hypothyroidism vary. The Mayo Clinic lists the possible symptoms as fatigue, Increased sensitivity to cold, constipation, dry skin, weight gain, puffy face, hoarseness, muscle weakness, elevated blood cholesterol level, muscle aches, tenderness, and stiffness, pain, stiffness, or swelling in your joints, heavier than normal or irregular menstrual periods, thinning hair, slow heart rate, depression, impaired memory, enlarged thyroid gland, which could be known as a goiter. If you're looking for this in infants, you might also look for a large protruding tongue, difficulty breathing, hoarse crying, an umbilical hernia, or yellowing of the skin and whites of the eyes. As the disease progresses in infants, you may also notice constipation, poor muscle tone, and excessive sleepiness. In teens, you may notice poor growth, resulting in short stature, delayed development of permanent teeth, 
delayed puberty, or poor mental development. Let's move on to hyperthyroidism, still on the Mayo Clinic's website. They say, of course, that hyperthyroidism can mimic other health problems. We've been talking about this through all these episodes, you know that. Unintentional weight loss, even when your appetite and food intake stay the same or increase. Rapid heartbeat, irregular heartbeat, pounding of your heart, increased appetite, nervousness, anxiety, and irritability. Tremors, usually a fine trembling in your hands or fingers. Sweating, changes in menstrual patterns, increased sensitivity to heat, changes in bowel patterns, especially more frequent bowel movements, an enlarged thyroid gland, of course, called a goiter, which may appear as swelling at the base of your neck, fatigue, muscle weakness, difficulty sleeping, skin thinning, fine and brittle hair. For Graves' disease, you're looking for dry eyes, red or swollen eyes, excessive tearing or discomfort in one or both eyes, light sensitivity, blurred or doubled vision, inflammation or reduced eye movement, protruding eyeballs. Just quickly, Hashimoto's disease, which as we know is an autoimmune version of hypothyroidism. Hashimoto's disease progresses slowly over the years. You may not notice signs or symptoms of the disease. Eventually, the decline in thyroid hormone production can result in any of the following. There are going to be a lot of duplicates here from hypothyroidism. Fatigue and sluggishness, increased sensitivity to cold, increased sleepiness, dry skin, constipation, muscle weakness, muscle aches, tenderness and stiffness, joint pain and stiffness, irregular or excessive menstrual bleeding, depression, problems with memory or concentration, swelling of the thyroid, the goiter, a puffy face, brittle nails, hair loss, enlargement of the tongue. I'd like to just finish by saying that if you have any of these, please see a doctor, get a simple blood test, and get yourself some answers. Don't forget, a TSH over 2 is enough reason to be concerned. Treat your symptoms, not the lab values. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.